Welcome to the A Plus Ed Tech Podcast. My name is Ashley McBride, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine, a member of my PLC, Kyle Hamstra. Kyle is a STEM specialist and fifth grade math and science teacher at Davis Drive Elementary in the Wake County Public School System. He's also an ASCD Emerging Leader, an NCPDK board member. He's a Marbles Kids Museum advisor. He has been organizing Ed Camp Wake, and he is a learning ambassador. Kyle is also going to be presenting twice at ISTE 2017 later on this month. I wanted to talk to Kyle a little bit about his presentations, and I also wanted to use this as an introduction into our series on what is going on at ISTE. I will also be attending ISTE, and I'll be there not only supporting Kyle, but I will be enjoying the conference, and I will be podcasting from there. My uh, intention is to work with some of the other ITFs from my district and have some reflective conversations as well as interview some people who will be presenting at the conference. Let me start off by saying thank you for coming on to the show, and I hope this is the first of many conversations. Thank you, Ashley. I'm delighted to be here. All right, so you're presenting at ISTE. Can you tell us all about that? Don't you have two presentations, or is it three now, or I can't keep up? It's two. Thank you for asking. Oh, my. I am so excited. I am like a kid in a candy store. My first time at ISTE was last year, and it was the chance of a lifetime. And I wanted to take it all in, and it's so amazing, the potential. Now, it is a little expensive to go, but in terms of your learning potential, to me, it's absolutely priceless. Um, I think part of going to any conference is it is what you make it. Um, I don't – part of me doesn't like it when people say I'm attending a conference or I'm participating. You know, I don't want to attend. I want to experience it. And I don't just want to go and spectate and wait for things to happen to me or expect someone else to do things for me. I want to personalize it. Um, I don't want to come away and say – it was a pretty good experience, a pretty good conference. I want to be intentional, and I want to make it extraordinary. I want to make it my conference, and that's kind of how I go into any conference or learning experience. And then, on top of that, ISTE. So, so awesome. And so this year will be my second time going, and again, I'm taking this like it is the chance of a lifetime and to present. I'm absolutely honored, and I'm so excited. I can't wait. So what are the two sessions that you're, you're going to be presenting? My first session will be in ISTE Ignite, and that will be on Sunday, June 25th from 1.30 to 2.45. And in an Ignite session, you talk for five minutes on a stage, and there are 20 slides, and they auto-advance every 15 seconds. So you have to know your stuff before you go. Um, this is the week before ISTE, and it's amazing what an art it can be to practice a presentation in this format. If you let it, it can be nerve-wracking, 
And I am amazed at how fast a 15-second slide can go, that's for sure. And it's more than just the content. It's also your presentation skills and things like transition words, pauses, emphasis, um, taking a break once in a while for silence and processing, reading the slide to the audience. Um, and then if you're off, the slides continue auto-advancing. And so that's the part that I want to make sure I have very, very much practiced before I go on the stage. But it's an honor just to go on the stage, just to have a proposal accepted in any conference, let alone ISTE, that's for sure. So how many times has your wife already heard your your uh, spiel so that you can practice? <laughs> have I told you how amazing my wife is? <laughs> she is the most patient, most loving person, my best friend. She is awesome. Um, I'm practicing about 12 times a day right now. Um, and as it gets closer, probably 15, 16, 17 times. Today, I recorded myself eight times. And each time, I said it a little differently than the last. And it's amazing to do that. It's very, um, very humbling to do that because you hear yourself speak and you think that you don't sound like that. You hear how you pronounce certain words and that's not how you pronounce them in your head. Um, it's almost like public speaking 101 back in middle school all over again. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's exciting. It's terrifying. I'm totally out of my comfort zone. And yet, on the other hand, I'm honored. I can't wait. And looking back, I'm going to say uh, whether I feel like I did a personal best or almost, I am proud that I'm even trying and that I had this opportunity. Well, I know – I know a bunch of the teachers from Wake County and I will be there cheering you on. I think they even made t-shirts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. You have, a, you have a lot of very proud individuals that are going to be there supporting you. Well, I have friends like Chris Tuttle and Melanie Farrell, and I thought they were joking about making shirts and wearing them. And it turns out they were not. <laughs> I know. I asked him for one of them. So. And she's working on second and third rounds of orders, and I can't believe it. It's awesome. What I especially like about my ISTE Ignite presentation is that I believe in it, and it's for all the right reasons. It's very foundational, and it's about how when you experience um, a conference like ISTE, you're going to walk away a better leader with a bigger picture and a bigger vision of exactly how we integrate ed tech to improve learning. And when you believe in what you're speaking about, it's all the better. Well, good. Well, what is your second presentation about? The second presentation is a totally different format. It is the one in three, which means you have one idea to present in three minutes. And in this case, with the slides, there are no guidelines. You advance your own slides. Maybe you can have one or two if you want, or 20. But you only have three minutes to run one idea past the crowd. So it's totally different than the Ignite experience, but it's um, equally effective for a learning opportunity. And so, and the, what is the topic of that one? If you don't mind sharing, if you want to surprise everybody, we're okay with that too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in the ISTE schedule already, and I'll be tweeting it out probably once or twice a day this week. 
um, because I'm so excited about it. The title is From Dewey Decimals to Your Hashtags. Originally, it was From Dewey Decimals to Hamstra Hashtags, but this is not about me. This is now my sharing an idea to improve student learning overall. And the idea behind hashtags is the very origin of my reason for getting onto Twitter. Um, in 2013, I saw a need for students learning science, especially in fifth grade, and I noticed that we needed to supplement the curriculum. There were some broad and abstract topics. There were some gaps between what students needed to learn and the materials and the access to resources we had in our classrooms and our learning spaces. And so, literally, I would be outside or on vacation or at the farmer's market, and I would see something, an example of something we were learning in fifth grade science, and I would tweet it. And after a while, I wanted to be able to go back to those tweets, and I wanted to be able to access the exact same tweet two weeks later, six months later, one year later. And so I came up with a hashtagging system to be able to access former tweets for review. And that is my only reason that I ever started Twitter. And that's before my eyes were open to how big and how awesome the Twitterverse can be. So what was, what was your system for hashtagging so that you had all of that stuff in order? My system for hashtagging would be to take our current science curriculum for fifth grade, which is the North Carolina Science Essential Standards. And for example, if there were um, something about the water cycle, something in real life, something on TV, something on a weather report, I would tweet it and I would hashtag it. Now, the actual objective for the water cycle would be 5P21, and I would hashtag it, hashtag SCI for science, SCI 5P21. Then, any time in the future that I wanted to find something about the water cycle for fifth grade science, I could search that hashtag in the Twitter search box, and I could find that exact tweet. And you can actually do a multiple word search in Twitter as well. And I generally uh, wanted to use Twitter as an archive for resources to supplement student learning in fifth grade science because fifth grade science is hard in North Carolina. It is really hard. And that's the reason. And then it stemmed from there. So uh, did you did you evolve your use of Twitter? I mean, are you using it more with students now, or are you still just focused on those um, hashtags in order to, I guess the best word for it would be curate all of your ideas? Oh my, um, where to begin? Twitter is so powerful. Twitter has changed my career. It's changed my life. If I had an hour at night, I would rather go on Twitter than watch TV. Um, those are some bold words. I mean, Netflix has some really good shows out there. But the Twitterverse has learning opportunities galore. Yes. Um, it has helped me become a connected educator, and I can find people in other counties, in other states, even in other countries, and I can see what they're doing in their science classrooms. But 
what about just the state of North Carolina? How more, much more beneficial would it be if I could search that same hashtag SCI5P21 and see what a teacher in Chatham County or in um, Wrightsville Beach or in the mountains near Appalachian State or in Brevard or any of the other corners of North Carolina? What if there were a teacher just down the road 10 miles, two miles, and I never got to see their classroom, but I could find a lesson idea they have hashtagged, and we can connect that way to exchange ideas, and by exchanging ideas, this will enrich our student learning experiences. So have you had other people start using those hashtags? Yes. Yes, I have been asking and sharing with other educators, you know, if you did this, then I would know. A second grade teacher was so excited to come to me in my own school a couple weeks ago and say, hey, we, we had butterflies today. You should have seen them. This happened and that happened. And my response was, I could have seen them easily if you would have tweeted them and hashtagged SCI2L12 for second grade life cycles. But that did not happen. And I was unavailable to go into their classroom and experience that at the same time. And in so doing, I could have seen another idea or a twist to enhance a lesson that I currently was not doing. This system is free, and it connects educators to improve student learning. I have a friend in sixth grade, Bill Ferreter, has started using hashtag 180, and that's what my hashtagging system has grown into the new title is hashtag and then the word hashtag 180 to be extra memorable for double emphasis. Some say hashtag hashtag 180 just for fun. And he not only tweets content, but he also tweets videos and he tweets videos as challenges to his students. And he has taken this and just has ran with it. And he not only has videos, but he has set up an if this, then that to feed directly into a separate website on Blogger. And so all of his videos that he tweets with sixth grade science curriculum hashtags are curated into his Blogger site. That's and a great it, tool. Do you, get, do you use if this, then that at all? So... Bill Ferreter is working with me to help me go into Blogger and help curate tweets so they can be um, an archive of different learning experiences. He's working with me and also the power of video. For the last four years, I've tweeted several, maybe over a thousand images all over the state, all over my life, wherever I was, of fifth grade science curriculum, and they were all images. How much more powerful is video? And in our age and in our time right now, we're in a place where our students and adults are just being bombarded by so much media from the point they wake up to the time they go to sleep. It's unbelievable. And transforming from image to video brings 
one step closer. It's one less step or one less hurdle, as George Kiros has recently blogged about. The more hurdles you take away, the easier it is for learning to occur. So how do you, so you're using this with, um, I, you've given some examples of using with students and you've given some examples of using it to kind of um, curate all that information about what you've been doing in your classroom. How do you get parents involved or do you get parents involved? And if you get them involved, how do you get them to understand your use of Twitter? That's a fantastic question. Um, my first 13 years, I was a fifth grade math and science teacher, and I've been a STEM specialist recently, except for the last half a year, I did fill a medical leave going back into the fifth grade math and science classroom. And I would present the last four years, because I've only started Twitter since 2013. I'm very late to the Twitter game, very late to the Twitterverse as an educator. Um, so I would share with parents at our open house or at Meet the Teacher, I'm using Twitter for these reasons as an educator for these educational purposes to try to make the learning come alive for our fifth graders. If you would like to see what we're doing in class on any given day, I try to tweet at least one science and possibly also one math hashtag a day. You can see the literal science or math objective that we're learning every single day. Now, as a STEM specialist, I've also had the honor to extend now to all elementary grades, kindergarten through fifth grade. And that has opened my eyes to a new world of possibilities. And I share with parents that my Twitter account is not only for hashtagging curriculum and hashtag hashtag 180, but it's also for school events like school spirit nights. Um, it's also for things that are relevant to fifth grade math and science, or to STEM. So is this all under your professional account, or is this under a class account that you have separate from your professional account? It's a fantastic question. Um, I have one account. I am at Kyle Hamstra, and that is my one Twitter account. Recently, I tried to have a class account. I tried to have fifth graders across the board as a STEM specialist that I was, I tried to have all fifth graders compose analog tweets and even put analog tweets and insert them into Google Slides. And I thought this would be a hit because they were empowered, or so I had hoped, to capture their own learning and hashtag their own curriculum objectives to it. We even read the objectives together in class. Hey, this is what we're learning. You find an example, you can hashtag it, and, and either you can handwrite it on an index card or insert into these Google Slides. And I went in with the best intentions, and I thought they would love it. The second part was I would then take their analog tweet or their Google Slides tweet, and I would copy and paste and put into the class Twitter account because elementary students – are younger than 13. They're mm -hmm. not to have a Twitter account. And as a STEM specialist, I was not always afforded the time to have a guest tweeter every single day for every single different objective. I thought students will have more ownership if they can capture their learning. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting 
that it incredibly did not work out. I pushed it hard, and we reviewed again, and I encouraged, and a couple students did them, and I praised them up, and we celebrated their tweets, and I showed the Twitter account, the class Twitter account. I thought it would be awesome, and it never caught on. And it wasn't till much later when I asked the students, and I realized this was too many steps. Yeah. This was too many steps. The student ownership was low. I was transferring their work into the Twitter account, and my translations did not always match up with their intention. And as an educator, I was in the way. So you think you're going to be rethinking that a little bit this summer and try to try to revamp it in a different way or Absolutely. That was I won't say a mistake. I'm glad I tried and it made me realize as an educator I thought I was getting out of the way. I thought it was clear that it's not about me, but even more so I need to totally get out of the way, not just halfway get out of the way. I am looking into different platforms. Um, Seesaw has been wonderful, but I'm looking into another one. More information coming soon. Oh, okay. Well, please share when you have more information on that. Um, We'll have to have you on again. Um, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Thank you. How familiar with Twitter should a teacher be before trying to use it with their students? I mean, should they already be an expert? Is there something that they can, that, is this something they can learn to use together? So a couple things. I wrestle with the word expert. Um, I don't think anyone is ever an expert. I think that someone is forever emerging. Someone is always improving. Someone is always trying to become better to become better for students. And so as far as being an expert at any one tool, um, I really more view it like I am a learner seeking to improve every single day, seeking to become better for my students. And while learning, this is one tool that we're using right now. And so how familiar with Twitter? Twitter is so powerful and its potential is huge. Um, Even our lawmakers and entertainers and um, companies and businesses use Twitter to directly reach people. It's so quick. It's so powerful. Now, when you first begin using Twitter, I would say to take your time, and if it's forced or if you have to think too hard about it, wait. It's important to exercise digital citizenship and have quality in your communicating and your connecting than it is to have quantity. In fact, it might be better to start out by lurking or reading others' tweets before starting to compose your own. There are good and not as good examples of tweeters and tweets in the Twitterverse at all times. Something that I find equally valuable is that because of Twitter, I'm reading now way more than I ever did. Any blog I've ever found or I've ever read was linked on Twitter. Any book that was ever recommended was because I saw about it or heard about it in a Twitter chat or from a friend or from this other educator in another state that I really admire. So I think that as far as diving right in, 
you should do it, but make sure you exercise digital citizenship and professionalism and remember that your tweets are public and you are an educator. And that's a big deal. And it would be awesome to use Twitter as a tool effectively for all the right reasons. You are a big uh, Twitterer or is it Twitterati? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the verbiage or the the words for that, but I'm a I'm a tweep. You're a tweep. T w e e p. A person who uses t- Twitter is a tweep, or you can say a tweeter. I think it's supposed to be tweep. Tweep. Um, I have never yeah. heard that. T w e e p. Tweep. Yeah. Really? A lot of times people will compose tweets and say to all my tweeps out there. Wow, you learn <laughs> yeah. something new every day. Oh, it's well, fantastic. You are a big. Tweep. Still doesn't sound right, but okay. Um, Thank you. In fact, and I have to share this story. So we're in California, and my husband and I are, we're at ASCD Empower 17, and my husband and I are walking around about to go register. Mm, And I see a guy standing in front of the building taking a picture. And I only see him from behind. And I said, I looked at my husband and I said, honey, I almost guarantee you that is Kyle. And he looks at me and he's like, how do you know? And I said, watch, I'll, I'll show you. I said, I bet in the next few seconds that picture will show up on Twitter. And it did. <laughs> and it was, that is how I knew it was you. You were taking a picture uh, for Twitter right in front of the building so oh my oh my thank you they um I man, instantly Ana- that was you <laughs> well, thank you anaheim and california are beautiful and it seems like the weather the humidity there is exactly opposite of north carolina oh, you know in north carolina in north carolina we have air you can wear yeah. the humidity is so moist 100 percent most of the time it seems like and in california it's exactly the opposite and it seems like you have this gentle sea breeze that seems to just caress you (laughs) and all of those could be captured with fifth grade north carolina science essential curriculum objective hashtags sci 5e11 sci 5p31 and maybe sci 5e13 do you have those memorized Yes. When you hashtag curriculum objectives and you second guess yourself, you have to go back and double check to make sure that's exactly the objective that you hashtagged and that you meant to hashtag that matches what you're capturing. And you do that so many times, eventually you have the curriculum memorized. And that is an advantage to hashtag hashtag 180 because when you are constantly doing this, you memorize it. And now I'm better informed and quicker in planning. I'm quicker in reviewing. Um, I am more familiar as an educator preparing instruction for my students. And I think that's a huge advantage. I can imagine that when you're planning and you're having to write down all of those, um, all the numbers and everything for the standards, that if you've got it memorized, that's just so much faster. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest things as educators that we all need to work on is actually learning what we teach every day, actually becoming familiar with the exact curriculum. 
And, you know, no matter what, to what extent that the curriculum is your guide for everything you do in your learning spaces, that's a different story. But at least you have somewhere a point of origin relative to what you are doing. I think it's vital that all educators become more familiar with their curriculum. Wow. Okay. Well, you being the master tweep that you are, <laughs> what are some uh, what are some hashtags that you follow in your professional development? I feel like I have to ask you this. You know, I am not the master tweep, the master tweeter, however you'd like to say that. I have a PLN, a professional learning network that is amazing, and I intentionally connect with them every single day. I know John Maxwell always says that our success needs to be intentional. We need to make things happen and not sit around and expect other things to happen for us. So I pursue Twitter chats, and many times um, I have fellow educators that I have on alerts. That means they're on notifications every time they tweet. My phone vibrates and I see, oh, they're in this chat. Maybe I'll check it out. And I do, and I've tried out several. A few of my favorite um, that I've also uh, had a chance to connect deeply into um, are SatChat. SatChat, S-A-T-C-H-A-T, hashtag SatChat, is every Saturday morning, 7.30 to 8.30 on the East Coast. And that's one of my favorites. And on any given Saturday, there could be these 50 educators, and then maybe a few Saturdays later, there's a whole new 50 educators. And the topics are relevant, and they're current, and you can apply them later. And then, of course, there are others, um, Twitter chats like ESET2, that's hashtag E-C-E-T, and the number two, the digit two. And that happens every Sunday night at 8 p.m., 8 to 9 p.m., and that deals with yet just a little bit different genre of educator um, interactions that we have every day, maybe on a more personal level with students. And another hashtag, of course, is our own North Carolina hashtag, NCED, N-C-E-D. And there are also hashtags for book chats. Um, authors are composing books, and they turn their title into a hashtag. And possibly, for example, they'll have a chapter every week. And so you can pace yourself, um, much like you did, Ashley, for our Hacking Leadership Boxer Chat, one chapter a week. And that's a neat way to pace yourself and also reflect together as educators. Um, The possibilities are endless and the possibilities are growing in the Twitterverse. Every time I go on, I see another new chat. Um, There are so many to name. I know for sure when we're finished, I'm going to think, oh, here's another one I could have said and another one. Um, And they're not all Twitter chats. Some are brands. um, Some are school hashtags. Our school has a hashtag, and it changes every year. And that's a way that we can tweet from our own classrooms so the whole community can see what's happening in our school or our learning spaces on any given day. Um, Ashley, do you have any hashtags that you would like to share? Oh, goodness. You've shared most of the ones that I follow because I end up uh, in your PLN on Twitter. I mean, you're, you're probably you're a heck of a lot more active than I am, and I do a lot more lurking sometimes than I do uh, participating. Um, I did EdChat for a while, 
Yes. Um, and it, it gets, there's a lot of people on there. So there's a, a great deal of learning that you can do. It's every Tuesday night. Okay. Um, and I, I loved it. It just, there's so many people. Sometimes it goes so fast. So it's more of a, for me, I try to jump in, but then a lot of times I end up going back and reviewing it more than I do uh, participating in it. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about the Twitterverse. If you miss a chat or if you come into a chat halfway through, you can always go back and read through the feed at a later time. That's an excellent point. Yeah, especially, I mean, I've got three kids and it's it's kind of hard. Sometimes they do it at eight or nine o'clock and that's fine. But a lot of these chats happen at seven and it's bedtime for us. So we've got it. We've, I've got teeth to brush and baths to give and it's kind of hard. So it's easier to go back later. Absolutely. And it's nice to have that archive, like you say, and I'm interested for myself, you know, like you say, I am very active at the moment, but I'm wondering if that will change or how, <laughs> when that will change um, yes, cause when I'm blessed with children. Yes. That's, yes. That's going to change a lot. <laughs> that's what I've heard, and I think that could be a good thing. Yes. And I've noticed that some even have hashtags for their children. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that to become a thing, too. Very interesting, this Twitterverse and these hashtags. Now, now think about this. If, you, if you're hashtagging or if you're, if you're tweeting a lot about your kids, which is great. And I, I do, um, I mostly keep my stuff, uh, my personal stuff on my Facebook. And mm. I keep my educational stuff on Twitter. Um, yes. And I do that for a purpose because if someone's looking for me professionally, I just point them in the Twitter uh, area. But yes. Um, the one thing, I was reading an article about how weird it is for some children, if you think about it, they've grown up with their parents archiving and sharing their entire lives. And yes. so, like, baby pictures and things like that, things that we were embarrassed about, like, if you had a, if you had a girlfriend come over... Uh, or if your wife comes over and your mom or dad pulls out that embarrassing baby photo, it's only being shown to your <laughs> wife. <laughs> but it's out there for the whole world to see. So that's that's something that I don't I don't post nearly as much about my kids. But um, not oh that my. It's a bad thing at all. I mean, oh my, Ashley, no, that's a that's an excellent point. See, another point I had not thought about yet, not being a parent yet. You're exactly right. I see the advantage of sharing with relatives who possibly don't live near you. But on the other hand, it's there forever. Yeah. This is a digital citizenship media issue of our time. It That's is. a great point. I was thinking about this the other day where my parents, they do have baby books and they hand wrote everything. And it's in a book on a shelf and it stays there versus I was thinking, oh, we won't have to have baby books because I'll just take video and and pictures and we'll just post them. And that's a great point. And two, it's almost like the children are defenseless because everything will be shared. That's another perspective. I'd never thought about that, Ashley. Right. It's a good point. Great point. It's, wow. It's, it's a lot to think about. There's always uh, positives and negatives to 
everything we do. I have heard of some parents who start an email account for their children and they send everything directly to their child. Yes. And then give the give the um, username and password for that email account to them, like maybe at graduation or on their wedding day or something like that. And then they have that and it's it's you email them every now and then and say, hey, you did so good in school today. I'm so proud of you. And and um, so also the positive of that might be that if uh, you write something and then you go, eh, maybe I don't want them to read that later. <laughs> Then you can go into the email account and delete it, and they'll never know. <laughs> That's a great point. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create an email account. That's a great idea. Yeah. Thanks so, for sharing. Oh, no problem. Well, thank you so much for yes. spending time uh, with me tonight. And so just for the record, how can people find you? Can you uh, give your... Um, your Twitter handle and your, I know you have a blog and your, your blog URL for everybody. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for having me. It's an honor. I appreciate it. And I'd love to come back and talk with you again sometime. I'd My, love to have you. <laughs> thank you. My Twitter handle is at Kyle Hamstra. That's at K-Y-L-E-H-A-M-S-T-R-A. And my website is kylehamstra.com. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you very much, Ashley. We'll be in touch. Thank you. All right. After our conversation, Kyle and I indeed found some other hashtags that we enjoy following, including some that a friend of ours, Chris Tuttle, has started. Uh, one of them is hashtag KindersCan, and the other one is hashtag KudosCookies. I would like to invite you to visit aplusedtech.com where you can look in the show notes and I will put all of the information about uh, Kyle's website, his Twitter handle, and all of the hashtags that we enjoy. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so that way you don't miss any of the episodes as I broadcast during and after ISTE.